0: So our cows are down at a place called Marion Bay, they've got an ocean views, that salty air coming in, and, and yeah. it's the most lush green grass you can imagine. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful location, and I think that just Happy Cows makes great cheese.
1: And there it is. Happy Cows make great cheese, and we couldn't agree more. My name is Dan Sims, and welcome back to the Mol Cheese Collective podcast. Here, we celebrate the makers, growers, farmers, and families who just happen to make the best cheese in Australia. Today, I talk with cheese maker, Tim Gedichke. Originally from Queensland, the steps on Tim's cheese journey have taken him further south each time, and now, finally, has made a home at Coal River Farm in the stunning Coal River Valley in Tasmania. Situated just outside Hobart, Coal River Farm is a relatively newcomer to the cheese community, but their impact and growth has been swift with a key focus on building direct connections to their customers. They've opened up stores, not just with Coal River Valley, but Hobart, Perth, and even Melbourne. But it is really a love and curious fascination with cheese that remains at Tim's heart, which you can't help but be enthused by. So, let's get into it. Tim Gedishki, welcome to the Mole Cheese Collective podcast. How are you going? Yeah, great, thank you for having me. How is it down in Tasmania, I've like a bit of a cold snap
0: down there <laughs> of late. It's been very cold the last couple of days. We were playing in the snow with the kids uh, yesterday, and it's a bit windy, but we're surviving fine.
1: Just to maybe kick us off, t- maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and Coal River Farm.
0: Yeah, sure. So I'm the the head cheesemaker at Coal River Farm. I've personally been a, a cheesemaker for my whole career, which is about 17 years. But Coal River Farm's only a fairly new business. We've been going about. Five years, so I don't own the business. Um, it's a family-owned business, but I'm, I manage the, the cheese production.
1: You say you've been making cheese your whole career. How did you get into it? What's the story behind that?
0: Yeah, well, I just I just started as a as a junior up in Queensland in Kingaroy Cheese, which doesn't really exist anymore. But I started there doing the dishes and I thought, you know what, I can make a career out of this. So I put myself through um, some training courses at Werribee in Melbourne and got yeah. a Master cheesemaker certificate and. And I've worked in a number of different cheese factories throughout Queensland, New South Wales, and now Tasmania.
1: What was it about cheese that really got you going? We're saying, you know, you wanted to make a career out of this, but what was it? Was there was there a moment or an experience that, you know, really got
0: you hooked? Yeah, well, it's just I just wanted to do something a little bit left of centre, I think. And um, there's no simple – people often ask me how I got into cheese, and there's, there's no simple pathway to make a career out of it, especially in the smaller – um hands-on cheese making there's it's not like a set apprenticeship or degree there's there's a number of training courses but it's it's, it's very much sort of create your own path and and it's as much about who you know and what you can do than it is about certificates and and qualifications but yeah so there's something about cheese that it is just it's unique it's cool it's there's so much variety and um, I just love it, yeah.
1: you were based in Queensland and uh, you know, you've had a 17-year career in making cheese. Did you travel overseas? I mean, where, where do you draw inspiration for the products that you create?
0: Well, I, have, I haven't been to Europe yet, but I'm going next year to do a cheese educational trip. But inspiration, well, there's there's just so many people doing cool things. When I started making cheese especially cheese in Australia was, was a fairly small industry. There was a, there was a few yeah. people cracking into it and some of those are well-respected businesses these days, but not like it is now. There's, there's hundreds of every wine region's got several cheese factories now. and it, it wasn't like that 15, 20 years ago.
1: So what brought you down to Tasmania in the first place?
0: Partly a lifestyle choice and partly because this, this opportunity to work with Coal River Farm popped up and allowed us to, to make the, the, the move and it is a it's a great lifestyle we really like it here i've got a couple of kids and a wife and it's, a, it's an easy life it's good and so let's talk
1: about coal river farm and we're talking about tasmania down hobart way when i go to arrive in hobart the beautiful town of hobart where do i go and wh- where can i find coal river farm
0: sure so you you arrive in hobart and we're literally 10 minutes from the airport you take the exit to richmond so is a coal river wine region the historic town of richmond and we're we're halfway up that road we've got this 50 acre farm we've got grapes we've got berries and strawberries and apples and you can pick your own fruit and a, a restaurant a chocolate factory and a cheese factory all in the one site in the one business so that kind of covers all the all the major the major food groups there doesn't it pretty much yeah <laughs> it's something for everybody and it's, it's um it's a, it's a really nice restaurant so it's it's table service restaurant and yet it's casual enough to come with a family so so we've got a family my bosses have got five kids as well so i think they've they really see that need for fine dining that's also casual and the kids can go out feed the goats collect the eggs from the chooks type of thing
1: so how big is the property and i suppose with the cheese that you guys are making what are you specializing in are you talking about goats you mentioned goats just before is it goat's milk is it cow's milk tell us a little bit more about that
0: it's all cow's milk it's a we're on a farm but it's a it's an orchard really it's a fruit farm um, we buy the milk in from a local farmer um, so it's, it's all from the one dairy so we get the seasonal variants milk goes up and down with the season so it's good to have that rapport with the farmer so we know when they're changing the feed and, and things are changing um, so it's really great to have milk coming from the one supplier like that so we don't have the cows on the site but they're only just down the road on, on a dairy farm and we specialise in mostly soft cheeses at the moment, um, but we will be getting into, we've got a couple of semi-hard cheeses, um, but triple cream brie, washed rind, camembert, blue vein. Uh, we've got a, a, a semi-hard cheese we call the mild meadow. It's a little bit like a cross between a gouda and a till And so
1: when you talking before about uh, seasonality, uh, that's some been a bit of a theme throughout So, a lot of the conversations we've had in this podcast what are you seeing the difference in seasonality in particular in Tasmania and do you see not only seasonal variance, but from your experience say in Queensland or in other parts of Australia is there like a terroir of of character that you see in, in particular in Tasmania
0: yeah there is and um there's there's a lot of great cheese coming out of Tasmania a lot of it is the milk I believe and um the milk supply we have is is very creamy high in butter fat so there's it's all about the fat to protein ratio often and and it's a very high fat to protein ratio which makes all our cheeses creamier than their typical counterparts so our feta even is is quite a creamy feta even though traditionally it'd be much more sort of pale colored and and crumbly whereas ours is quite creamy
1: so we need to say that creaminess and that 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 richness comes from is that is that the the grass that they feed or is that the climate or where, where is that character coming from
0: it's 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 all of the above but yeah so the milk affected by everything the whole cows it's also it's not just uh seasonal but it's, it's also the cycle that the cows are in from whether they've just had a calf or whether at the end as well so yeah so our cows are down at a place called marion bay they've got an ocean views that salty air coming in and, and yeah. it's the most lush green grass you can imagine. It's it's a it's a beautiful location. And I think that just happy cows makes great cheese.
1: I, I like that. Yeah, happy cows makes you know makes certainly does make happy happy cheese for sure. Being the Cold River Valley and being a bit of a wine nerd myself and knowing that, having the opportunity to travel around that area quite a bit, uh, you're in such great proximity to wine regions. I mean, does wine Go
0: really well with cheese.
1: Uh, people
0: have been pairing cheese and wine forever. Um, <laughs> I, I like beer and wine.
1: We're all trained, isn't it? You know, cheese and wine go hand in hand. And you know, as a sommelier wanker, you know, there is a lot of technicalities around that. You go, well, some things work and some things don't. But you know, is there is there one particular wine style down in, say, let's say Tasmania that you think? goes best with your kind of cheese or is there a beer and cheese matching moment that really sort of stands out
0: for you we make a lot of creamier cheeses so you want something sort of sharp and fresh like a, a riesling or something to cut through that cream and i think for that reason a lot of wine people don't actually like matching cheese with wine i don't know if you'd agree with that but uh this sort of cheese smothers the palate a little bit but yeah i think if if you enjoy it just just have it
1: <laughs> so what kind of beer would you have with cheese if you mentioned beer before what uh what would be your favorite beer and cheese match
0: uh, so i think a, a stronger cheese needs a stronger beer or wine so a nice mm. a full-bodied dark ale or something like that like that would go good with with a stronger cheese like a like a blue or even a mm. vintage cheddar or something like that yeah
1: so to go back a little bit say from your time in queensland did you slowly make your way south or was it uh an extended period up there and then sort of potted about a bit in other cheeseries getting your experience and
0: yeah so it was it was slowly moving south so we were in, in queensland and then down near the gold coast at mount tambourine and my wife and i worked at in the hunter valley uh, for six years oh, yeah. in, a, in a cheese factory there as well so so we just keep moving to the further southern states.
1: Oh, I, I can't help but notice that you've gone from, say, Queensland down to Hunter Hunter Valley, which is another wine region, and then now straight back into Coal River Valley, which is another wine region. There, There's, there's a nice little uh, you know gastronomic... Uh...
0: There's cheese factories also <laughs> where the tourists are, so I think it all just goes hand in hand.
1: But yeah You said, mentioned before that Coal River Farm is really only quite a young business what i suppose what what are you looking to achieve for the future
0: of of, of coal river
1: you know what's
0: next we're expanding in many directions so we're expanding the cheese wholesale range um so we're in two we've got distributors. we'll never be in coals and woolies we never want to be but we're in a lot of gourmet delis and butcher shops and fruit shops right around most australian states now and increasing the range of cheeses into the hard hard cheeses that'll happen in the next 12 months um, but also as a business we are opening we've got a shop in Melbourne we've got and we've just opened two shops in Perth as well plus a shop in Hobart and Launceston so so we're going down that direct to the customer through our bringing the farm experience to the people um, around the country so more so than wholesaling we're, we're going that direct to the customer to bring that experience to them yeah with the chocolate as well the chocolate cheese farm produce yeah
1: having a direct relationship with uh, all farmers and all producers i think is is so important these days and and becoming a lot easier yeah well let's talk about let's deep dive into some cheese for the moment being we also have cheese podcast have you got a cheese that you love absolutely love making have you got a favorite cheese that you make
0: our blue cheese is the most challenging for sure so when it comes to cheese Why is that um, when it comes to when it comes to cheese the little things you do make a massive difference and especially cheeses that have matured for a longer time um, so our blue cheese has matured for um, about three months three months small a couple of degrees different in temperature or a slight different ratio of the starter cultures multiply that over three months of maturing and you end up with all kinds of different characters uh, characteristics in the product that you may not have expected and the blue cheese it's, it's really the the curd itself so your curds and whey the curd is the part of the, the milk that becomes the cheese the curd itself is really sweet and then we add salt to that and stir that through and and it sounds a bit weird but the um we've got a team of five cheese makers and we um everyone sort of queues up for a taste of this this blue curd when we're making it they always have a little nibble it's like yeah the canadians eat their poutine and it's much like that um yeah so it's, it's that, that sweet salty curd it smells really good
1: yeah it's great you are tasting this curd at this very early stage and then you sort of got to ripen it right for you're saying three to four months yes what are you thinking about at that start of that process and what flavor characters are you looking for that you know will transform into a cheese that's delicious down the line it's it, it must be like a very like a challenging prospect you are looking at effectively milk to curd to cheese
0: and the the milk and the curd don't taste anything like the cheese is going to become and the maturity process brings out all these flavors that are not in it at this at the beginning yeah um so what you're looking at so some people call cheese making a science others call it an art and it really is a bit of both so we use a instruments thermometers ph meters to measure the acidity levels but it's also really about the touch and the feel and the smell and the taste and you can tell when one batch is going a little bit different to what you'd expect and you can make adjustments
1: and how do you tell that is it is it a texture thing or is it a flavor um
0: so curd starts off really soft it starts off like milk and then it turns to a jelly it's an amazing process it's like silky smooth almost like tofu and then you cut that into cubes and these these cubes become lumps of curd they get firmer and firmer as the moisture drains out and um, so you're really needing and all this while that the starter cultures and the molds are growing and fermenting it so you need the right amount of fermentation which is ph or acidity lactic acid at the right texture at the right time so you're looking to marry these three things up and that's when you drain it all into the hoops and, and take it out of the cheese vat into the, the shape, usually a round basket kind of hoop. And that's when the cheese takes its shape, yeah.
1: You see, I love it how cheese bankers make everything sound so simple. It's like, yeah, you just like you just add a little bit of salt, fermentation, and then you just put it in a hoop and then it's cheese. It's absolutely fine. <laughs>
0: it's, <laughs> yeah, it's simple. It's like that simple process. Simple's hard. It's deceptively simple. Yeah, totally. And those little things, if it's one or two degrees warmer or cooler, it's going to be different in three months' time, yeah.
1: So let's talk about the triple cream. Yes. Being that this is in the the cheese box that we've got coming out this month, I've had the privilege of tasting this and it's damn delicious. (laughs) Talk talk us through this cheese in particular and how would you describe
0: it if you were at, say, a dinner party? Yeah, so triple cream brie, it's it's a people's favourite. It's the one that we sell more triple cream brie than any other cheese and it's the one that we just can't even keep up with production at times it's so rich and creamy the texture goes it starts off firm like any soft cheese but then it, it gets softer as it matures so it goes soft yet by the end of the use by date, you need a spoon to eat it it's just like sort of running <laughs> off your your biscuit but it's just the combination of the, the the creamy milk plus we add more cream to it and then we make the cheese which is the, the difference between a triple cream cheese and and a any other cheese it's just so creamy and buttery and when we're doing tastings at a festival like mold it's that's the one you'll see the people just their eyes will roll back in the back of their head and they'll be oh my <laughs> god this is amazing where's this been all my life and, and it, it's, it's that it's always the triple cream brie that that gets that reaction and i love it, love it. yeah
1: my biggest challenge with cheeses like that is like i get it out of the fridge and i'm like i want to eat it right away but if i if you just Hold back a little bit and let it come up to temperature. Just smear it on gooey bread. You know, get that gooey deliciousness on crusty sourdough or what? Anything. It's just. A, it's like, it's more. It becomes like a dip almost <laughs> as much as it is cheese.
0: That's the beauty. We can do that as a smaller producer. It's, it's hard if you're a massive company that's selling into supermarket chains and all they're worried about is long shelf life. And you you, you sacrifice texture and flavor in order to get a, a stabilized long shelf life cheese. So. The beauty of of being a bit smaller is we can create a cheese that is absolutely amazing and delicious and smaller batches more regularly and get it out to yeah. the people, yeah.
1: Is there a cheese style that you desperately want to make
0: but haven't had the
1: opportunity to
0: yet? That's a good question. I've, I've made a few semi-hard cheeses and, like I said before, we make a, a, a mild meadow which is a bit like a gouda. But I'm going on a trip next year to the Netherlands, sponsored by the Dairy Industry Association, to learn about Gouda cheese and bring those skills back to the Australian dairy industry. So that's my next mission, to to make a really good aged Gouda.
1: And so when you come back and taste that, I mean, how long would it be for you to sort of make that particular style? I mean, if you're crafting a new cheese, how much time does it take from, say, uh, the idea or the concept to uh, an actual finished commercial product
0: yeah there's there's a bit involved so you can make a cheese and sell it reasonably quick but there's also there's a fair bit of paperwork there's a, it's a fairly regulated industry and there's a lot of HACCP and lab testing and and flow charts to to make it legal plus i think the actual perfecting the recipe can can take years or, or perhaps it never finishes but yeah. but really well an aged good would age for probably 12 months so and that's the other that's the other challenge is you you make a cheese you think it's good but you don't really know for 12 months and then you think oh i'm going to make a change to that and there's another 12 months to to see the results
1: i've always found that so fascinating about cheese of that again we were talking just before about looking at the milk and seeing it transform into curd and then and then into the cheese style that you're looking for and then waiting for that aging process and then finally getting going oh actually you know what I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that or and also that interpreting the place and moment in time of uh, of milk I I always seen that as a such an interesting concept you know cheese is a transmission of a moment in time
0: certainly it's like a vintage of wine but it's it's everyday it's like it's like alchemy really the way that the liquid becomes a solid and a jelly and then separated it's, it's everyone that sees it for the first time is just amazed by the cheese making process and whenever we get visitors in the factory i always make sure they're there around that 11 12 o'clock because that's when that process is happening it blows people away just to see milk is an amazing product and how it changes form it's pretty cool
1: couldn't agree more mate and uh, uh mate thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat to us i know it's been a, of a hectic day for you and thanks so much for talking to us on the Mole cheese collective podcast and we're big fans of coal river uh we can't wait to catch up again in person at a festival soon
0: thank you very much
1: thank you so much to everyone for tuning in for the Mole cheese collective podcast we're all about sharing the good word about the best cheesemakers in Australia. But of course, we'd love to hear from you as to what cheese you love, where it's from, and even better, your thoughts on this podcast. It would really mean a lot if you leave a rating or a comment, or just share it with your mates. We have a heap more interviews to come, so be sure to stay tuned. But until next time, cheers.